All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to week two of our series entitled In God We Trust. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. So excited to have all of our campuses, those that are joining us each week online as well. Every year, the same time of the year, I do a two to three week series on stewardship and, and I go to the scripture to hear what God's perspective is related to resources, finances, stewardship. By the way, if you missed last weekend, I want to encourage you. I talked about the myth of ownership. What I said is that God owns it all, and we often think that we're owners. We're actually managers. We are stewards over what God entrusts to us. You know, this series is about how we can walk in financial and really emotional peace. One of the things that I've realized is that there is oftentimes our emotional peace is connected to our financial peace. And what I mean by that is when, when our finances are in order, it's amazing how it affects us on the inside. You know what's interesting? Preachers and Pastors will talk about trusting the Lord, and, and we'll say that to God. God, I trust you with all of my heart. Matter of fact, we sing songs about it. All of my heart and all of my soul, God, I trust you, Lord. But yet, why is it hard for us to trust God often in the air of our finances? We'll trust him with our soul. We'll trust him with our eternal destination. And yet this one area, it's like, well, Lord, I just, I just know better here, or just, I'm not sure that you're relevant. I mean, you know, you're pretty old, God. And I mean, but this area right here, you know, we live in the 21st century. No, no. How many know God wants us to trust him in every area of our lives? Every area. In God we, come on, say it. Trust. In God we trust. You know, uh, I, I just want to say this. I want to go on record of saying, I cannot wait to 2021. How many all ready for a new year? Anybody? Wow. Man, we have been through a lot. Everybody, globally speaking, I know personally some people have experienced more, but man, I mean, everybody on the planet has experienced a tough year. And for so many reasons. Obviously, the pandemic which has taken place and all of the challenges attached to that, whether it's the economic challenges, of course, even in our nation, the racial tension, the political divisiveness, and, and, and then again, those that live down in the Gulf Coast region, I mean, hurricane after hurricane, thank you, Jesus, that, that we are moving past that. Thank you, God, that, that and by the way, I want to say this, uh, that I'm grateful to the Lord. I know that many people have lost power, many people tree limbs, but we're grateful that it could have been much worse. How many are grateful for, for, for the protection of the Lord? Come on. Y'all, I'm grateful for that. And we're praying. We're continuing to pray. We're continuing. By the way, we're serving as a church, and you can go in Church of the King and all the different areas that we're partnering with different churches. Bay St. Louis Calvary Chapel, we're so excited, so proud of you guys that are watching us and tuned in live uh, with Mercy Chefs down there. And we're so proud of Pastor Frank and all that you guys are doing there and that we can partner with you. And I, I'm ready. I, I am so ready to get into a new year because of all the things that have taken place. And yet we're, and listen, let me just say this. And yet God is faithful. We're still here. We're still alive. We're still moving forward. You know, one of the things that uh, in recent years that speaking of giving and speaking of, uh, of giving out and helping people, one of the things that I've realized, and we've all seen this, and it's a cool thing, when, whether it's a movie star, a business person, a professional athlete, 
Uh, they'll make an announcement off in the news is there. Or, of course, they'll put something out on social media that they're, they're doing something that's good. They're giving back, the power of giving back. And that's a commendable thing. That's, that's something to be applauded. It's a, it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing. And it motivates other people. You know, you get some sports figure, you know, they'll, they'll do something. They'll do an inner city school and you get other people fired up about that. It's a powerful thing. And we are able to see that because of the power of social media. We're able to see that because of the power of the airwaves. And, and it does motivate people. Now, 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 again, I want to commend that. Very, very powerful. What's interesting, though, and I'm going to give you some statistics in just a moment. This is going to blow you guys away. What is interesting is that research shows that more people, the more that people actually earn statistically, they actually give less percentage-wise. So we do see those particular things that are so powerful, whether somebody gives to a school, whether somebody gives to a, to, a, to a water well project in Africa, you see a Hollywood star, and it's very powerful. But statistics show that actually the more people earn, they actually give less percentage. I'm going to give you some right here. It's, it's sad, but it's true. Studies show that as income increases, the percentage of what people give actually decreases. It seems like it would be the other way around. When you think that the more blessed somebody is, the more generous they should be. But that's not what, that's not what the statistics show. Oh, let me give you some, just to give you some statistics. In our country, and I know people watch around the world, but in specifically in the United States of America, statistic, here it is. The person with an average income gives about 3.1% of what they earn annually away to churches and charities. Now, interestingly, those who make much less than average, those who have an annual income under the poverty level, they don't give 3.1%. Guess what they give? 5.2% away. Now think about this for a moment. Those that make less actually give more than the average. Now, here it is. You ready for this? Those who are extraordinarily blessed, those who earn over 200000 a year, guess what their giving percent is? Not 3.1, not 5.2, actually 0.7. In other words, less than 1% of their income. You see this great billionaire? It's, it's amazing, right? They give a million dollars. Well, what is the percentage of a multi-billionaire giving a million dollars? Are y'all with me? And the reality is it actually should be just the opposite around, that we should actually give more. Why? Because we're more blessed, because we've been more ingratiated by God. All of the things that God has given us, actually we should give more, not less percentage-wise. And yet the sad reality is, is that that's the stats. Now, there's something in the heart of mankind that wants to give. And I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you why it is that mankind wants to give. Why that we are, we, 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 we feel good when we give. Now, here's what the Bible says. I want everybody to hear me. In the book of Genesis, it says that when God created mankind, he made them three things. Number one, in his image, in his likeness, and in his dominion. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? What it means is we're not God. I in no way am I suggesting that I am God, that you're God. We're not God. If you look in a mirror, you see an image of yourself, but there is a distinct property between the mirror and yourself. You see a reflection of yourself, but you're not the mirror, and the mirror is not you. So in other words, when God made us, we're made in the image of God, where we can communicate with God, but we're not God. What's so interesting is the action of giving reflects God's nature better than any other action in the scripture. I'm going to share that with you in just a second. Now listen to what I just said. In other words, when we give, we actually act 
like God. Pastor, prove it to me. All right. Now, I know we can't do this at football games anymore. I know that football is kind of different right now. But, but, but do you, I remember as a kid, I don't know if they've banned this, but, but how many of y'all remember years ago when you would see in football stadiums, John 316 held up? How many of y'all remember seeing that, that scripture? Okay. I don't know why we don't do that anymore. Maybe they do. I, I, I don't know. But, but, but let's just quote that. You guys ready? For God so loved the world that he, come on, say it gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So in other words, God is a giver. The very nature of God is to give. And when we give, we act like God. You're made in the image of God. Do you know there's certain emotions that are on the inside of you that are locked up that you'll never experience until you act like God? In other words, when you bless somebody, when you buy somebody's meal, when you do something good for somebody, and that feeling, that, 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 that endorphin, that drip that of dopamine, that, that, that serotonin surge that you feel. Can I tell you something? God designed you to feel good when you give. It's like, man, that just felt good. Well, of course it feels good. You think that God designed something that is so good to feel bad? When you bless somebody... Why? God designed you to be a giver. There's a scripture in the book of Acts that I, have you guys ever read a verse before and you're reading a verse and it's like, then you'll just read it one time. You may have been a Christian for years, 20 years, and all of a sudden it just explodes off the page. And it's like, I've read this before, but I got it in a new way. Has anybody ever happened to that before? Okay. That, 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 I remember one time I was reading this verse. And it's in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Here's what it says. This is so powerful. It says, it's more blessed, blessed, it's more blessed to what? Say it. Than to what? Say it. How is that possible? I mean, I like getting gifts, right? I mean, we all like getting gifts. It's, it's, it's a nice thing. But, 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 but there's something about, the scripture says, it's actually more blessed to what? Say it give than to receive. In other words, when I give, I'm acting like God. When I give, I'm actually exercising a a distinct part of who we are that's reflective of the image of God. And it releases an emotion. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because pastor, when I, well, I I guess when I give, I'm, I'm, I'm acting like God. Do you know generosity is contagious? It literally Neuroscience, neuro, neurology, the study of the brain and how it impacts your, your body chemistry. Neuroscience actually proves actions that make you happy and on the top of the list is giving. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Generosity is good for our physical health. Generosity is good for our emotional health. Generosity promotes cooperation, social connection. Generosity is contagious. And let me brag on you guys as a church just for a moment. I'm going to brag on Church of the King. All right, I'm part of church camp, I'm the pastor, but also part. This is a generous church. I mean, you guys are so generous. We, we, this church gives away millions. You give, you guys give away millions of dollars every year to building churches around the world, to building orphanages, in prison ministry, resourcing. For example, they have, the, they have a hurricane in Lake Charles. We, I don't know if you remember this. We took up an offer in one weekend, $50,000. Do you know what it was like when Pastor Joey Laird at our Baton Rouge campus was able to go to five different pastors in Lake Charles and give them five and $10,000 checks? 
text and say, Church of the King, we love you. This is, we, we're so great. People, they're, they're, they're pastors whose churches were wiped out, have had no tithes and offerings, and we're as a church able to give them five or ten thousand dollar check. How many know it's more blessed to what? Say it, give than to receive. That's you guys. That's what you guys did. I've often said that there's a rumor about Church of the King, and the rumor is the pastor's, he's good looking. All right, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just, I gotta make sure you're awake. You should all be awake. You had an extra hour of sleep. All right, here we go. The rumor is, is this church is generous. You guys are a generous people, and it's contagious in this church. That's why we give away. I mean, we do a Thanksgiving outreach. We, we often have more people that want to give than we have boxes left. We have, whether it's Christmas outreach or that. Why? Because it's more blessed to what? Say it. Than to what? Say it. Yes. That's why we're partnering with Calvary Chapel and Bay St. Louis. Pastor Frank and Tara were so grateful for you guys. Mercy Chefs is down there. And, and feeding people and helping people. That's why our dream team. That's why last weekend we had 1,200 people of volunteers at all of our campuses. And we just said a big thank you to you. Whether you're giving of your time, of your talent, of your resources. It's more blessed to what? Say it. Than to what? When you give, you act like God. And when you act like God, there's an emotion that's released in you that you can't get it any other way. Now, I want to do something. I want to teach. I've got about 18 minutes, all right? I have a clock right here. I don't watch the clock, but I'm just joking. So I want to teach you for the next 18 minutes, biblically speaking. Those of you, I know we have a lot of new Christians uh, in our church, a lot of people checking out Christianity, particularly after this pandemic, thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are watching us online. All right, I want to teach you, okay, not just about the biblical, or not just about the big picture concept of giving, but what does the Bible talk about giving? Here it is. In other words, what do we give? How do we give? Why do we give? When do we give? Does, does the Bible just kind of give a carte blanche, you need to give, or is there actually specific instructions? Are there details of how to maximize our giving? You know, it's one thing to be able to do something. It's another thing to be able to do it in a way to maximize impact. And the Bible actually gives us, it gives us categories. It gives us classifications. It gives us what I would call impact opportunities. The Bible has a lot to say about this. All right, let me show you what the scripture teaches in our remainder of time. But before I do that, when the campus pastor, whether it's Pastor Eric up in Baton Rouge or Pastor Dave Madden at our South Shore campus, Pastor Jeremy in Biloxi, any of our campuses, when the campus pastor gets up and after the worship, even though we're not passing buckets, we have them in the back and we say, this is the time where we're going to worship the Lord in our giving. Watch this. One of the terms they often use is, we're going to worship the Lord. This is the time we're going, to, uh, we're going to honor the Lord in our giving. We're going to honor the Lord. And there's two words that are used. Now, now there's two words. They're biblical words. I'm going to give you some biblical teaching today, all right? The two words that they'll often use is they'll talk about, let's just prepare our hearts as we honor the Lord in our giving. We're going to prepare the Lord to give our, the first is a T word, the second is an O. Our what? Say it. Our ties. And what's the second word? Okay, those are actually two distinct words in the Bible, but they're biblical terms. Pastor, where does that come from? What's in the Bible? I did a graph for you guys. I did this a number of years ago because I like to categorize things. I call them buckets. And anybody that's around me, you develop what's called bucketology. 
Is that all right? I, I, anybody, I mean, that's something I, I do buckets. So I, I like, because I, I need categories. I'm a linear, concrete, sequential thinker. I'm not real abstract. I need buckets. So where is this? Where is this? Where is that? Okay, in the Bible, there's actually four types of giving, but there's only two types of categories. One type of giving fits in one category, and there's actually three types of giving that fits in the second category. In the Bible. I'm going to show you in the Bible in just a moment. All right, here it is. Four types of giving. Number one is the word tithes. Can you say that with me? One, two, three. Tithes. It's, the word tithe actually is a Hebrew word. that it's, The Hebrew word is masar, and it literally means tenth or ten percent. So and it's all throughout the Bible. This is not a tithe message. It's Old Testament, New Testament, the principle of the tithe. Then there's offerings. Everyone say offerings. You guys ever hear this concept? By the way, this was not the campus pastor. Your campus pastor did not make up this concept. It's in the Bible. Who's ever heard over and above giving? Anybody ever heard that? Okay, what are you giving over and above? The tithe, that's in the Bible. It's a bit, you'll hear over and above offerings. So an offering is actually in the Bible over and above, over and above what? Over and above your, say it again, tithe. So again, the tithe, I'll take two minutes here. The tithe, because we're building a foundation, we're talking about offerings and the power of generosity today, but I'm going to give you the foundation. By the way, somebody that's a tither, the tithe is not the ceiling, it's actually just the floor. It's the starting point. The tithe means a tenth or 10%. It's, it's a starting place. As Randy Alcorn, who's a great pastor and writer in the book, The Treasure Principle, he says, it's the floor of our giving. It's key that we give our first to God, that we don't give our leftovers to God, but we give our first to God. Remember what the scripture talks about, the word first. Everybody say first. We give to God first. That's not offerings. That's not generosity. That's our tithe. We give first to God. Our first fruits to God. Our first part of the day goes to God. The first day of the week goes to God. And the first portion of our resources to God. That's our tithe. Matter of fact, I had a person one time say, Pastor, you know, is that just Old Testament? I actually know it's Old Testament and New Testament. It's the principle of putting God first. That's the tithe. And it talks about offerings today, but I want to build this foundation. Let me give you one scripture on the tithe. Matthew chapter 23, 23, here's what Jesus said. This is the words of Jesus. This is in red, okay? People don't read their Bible anymore. They look on their phone. I don't know if the phone does red, but it was in the Bible red. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe. Everybody say tithe. Of mint and anise and cumin. Remember, the Bible was written primarily with an agricultural backdrop, an agrarian society. These are agricultural seeds. People would give, when they'd bring their tithes, they would often bring their seeds, they'd bring livestock, firstborn, all right? It was the first portion of their increase. Watch this. He says, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. In other words, you're a 10% tither, but you're mean to your neighbor. You've neglected mercy. You're not kind to anybody. Now, watch the affirmation. These you ought to have done. In other words, you need to be a tither, but don't be mean to your neighbor. In other words, become a tither, be a tither, but remember mercy, remember faith. Here we see Jesus says that we pay our tithes. We return to tithe. That belongs to God. 
First 10%, boom. By the way, I want to encourage everybody, when your campus pastor gets up, and if a lot of people give, I give automatic giving. My tithing is automatic. But take that moment, this is important, take that moment to pray. When Pastor Doug or Pastor Eric or Jeremy, any of our campuses, take that moment and say, Lord, I thank you that I put you first. You are my Lord and my Savior. You're the fr- I give you the first part of my day. The first day of the week, I give you the first part of my resources. Lord, they belong to you. God, I live under the blessing of a tithe. That's important to release your faith. How many of y'all excited about that? So today, I'm not talking about the tithe. That's an understood. That's, that's just, boom, that should be built in as a, Christian, as a Christian witness to the Lord that I trust you and put you first. I'm talking about over and above. Everybody say over and above. Over and above offerings. That's where generosity begins. That's when you really begin to tap into the supernatural in a whole new way in your life. The scripture teaches there are three different types of over and above offerings, three different ones in the Bible. Missions giving, giving to the poor, and giving to the building of the temple and the tabernacle. I've been walking with God for a long time, over 30 years, 32 years. And uh, I've been walking with Jesus, not as long as some, but longer than others. And you know what I've found? I'm a people watcher. What do I mean by people watcher? I'm a, I watch and evaluate behaviors, and then, I, and then I look for patterns in all of our lives. That's what pastors do. That, you, know, you, you know, somebody that has a prayer life, somebody that is this, or somebody that's a, a personal soul winner. But one of the things I've found out, people, oftentimes I've evaluated, people that are the most fulfilled are the most generous. Have you noticed that? I, I was discipled in by a business guy in, uh, when I was in college. I went to Tulane, and I, I worked for a businessman. And, I, and he taught me business principles. He had a, he had a, a furniture rental company. It was a powerful company, and he was very prosperous. And, but he taught me. And it was, it was, he was outrageously generous. And he taught me those principles. I learned those principles. A lot of business principles, but, 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 but a lot of just principles of generosity and giving. And, and he taught me about the clients and different people and, and how we want to give more. It, just, it was just powerful. And then also my dad who's here today. He was my, he was, he's, 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 he's generous. Matter of fact, with my dad, the pastor of the church, I remember this made an impression on me as a kid. As I got saved, I was a freshman in college and I, I lived at home with them in the beginning, and, I, and I'll tell you what's so powerful. I remember the pastor of my church that I went to would call my dad when people couldn't pay their mortgage, they couldn't pay their light bill, and he would, and he would help them out. It, oftentimes, by the way, oftentimes out of his need. By the way, we don't wait to be generous when everything's right in our world. Are y'all with me? Because there's always shaking. There's always things. And, 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 and he would just give and just pay off things for people. How many of y'all want his number? Come on. Y'all, anybody in that? <laughs> But, 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 but can I tell you something? But, but, but those of you that know him, he's a, he's a very, he's a happy person. So in other words, there's a connection. Are you with me? There's a connection between generosity and fulfillment. I'm not talking about a tithe. This is over and above. That's the floor of the tithe. This is, this is way beyond just generosity. It releases something on the inside of us. The power of generosity, the power of offerings. Now, Offerings are called over and above the tithe. Interesting, one of the words that the Bible uses to describe an offering in the Bible is seed. Everybody say seed. Remember this, our tithe is not seed. Our seed is over and above our tithe. And I'm going to say this again. When we give, we act like God. And when we act like God, there's a release of emotion. There's joy. Fills our heart. Oh, man, it's so powerful. (sighs) 
I've got so much to talk about. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible. I've got 10 minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to teach you the power of sowing and reaping, what the Bible talks about. I want to build your faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not my opinion. It's not my philosophy. I want to teach you the word so that faith rises in your heart so that you can watch this. You can operate in kingdom principles. By the way, independent of what may be happening around you. And there's a principle in the Bible called sowing and reaping. Now, Hindu religion would call it karma, right? What goes around comes around. Buddhists would call it yin and yang. That's what they would call it. Empirical rationalists rationalists would call it cause and effect. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. I don't care what any other world religion calls it. They ripped it off from God's word. Are you with me? Because God's word works. It's sowing. Everybody say sowing and say reaping. And by the way, this is much more than just finances. It includes that, but it's your life. Seed time and harvest. Paul the apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is commending them, the Corinthian church, for their willingness to give. He takes the opportunity to teach them about this amazing blessing attached to their obedience. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's a universal principle. So for example, whether somebody says, well, I don't believe the Bible, I don't believe in this whole sowing and reaping thing, it doesn't matter, you're participating in it anyway. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also say it. It'd be like saying, I don't believe in the law of gravity. I could jump off of this stage. By the way, I get probably once a year emails. We love you, Pastor. We're praying for you. Boy, you get close to the edge of that stage. We're praying you never fall off. And so, and so, I, so, so I, I know I get close there, but I, I, I have recognition. And then when I get a little bit older, like some of y'all, I'll back up. But anyway, so, so, so here's the point. It doesn't matter if I don't believe in the law of gravity. I could jump off this stage and say, I don't believe in gravity. That's a lie. Boom, I'm going to hit the ground. It doesn't matter if you don't believe in sowing and reaping. You're going to participate in it. Does that make sense? Now, here's the cool thing. But you can determine the outcome based upon what you sow. Let me give you another scripture, Genesis chapter 8. This is powerful. I'm teaching you a principle. While the earth remains, question, does the earth remain? Yes or no? The answer is yes. While the earth remains, there's four immutable things that are going to take place. Number one, everybody say seed time and harvest. Everybody say cold and, he- cold and heat. How many of y'all grateful? Come on, for a little cool weather lately. We're grateful. All right, all right, cold and heat, cold and heat. Here it is. Watch this. Winter and summer. It doesn't matter if you don't believe in winter and summer. I don't believe in that. Well, guess what? It's coming. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Here's another one. Day and night. How many of y'all grateful for daytimes, the sunrise? Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. Congress can take away daylight savings or put it in. It doesn't matter. You and I are going to participate in all four of these, but there's only one that we can change the outcome. Whatever you sow, you will actually say it. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. I love the scripture in the book of Philippians. It actually says this, Galatians chapter 6, you cannot fool God, so don't make a fool of yourself. You will harvest what you plant. So in other words, the only one of those four things that you can actually change is you can change your harvest related to seed time and harvest by planting different seeds. Pastor, I don't know why I don't have any friends. Are you planting friendship? 
Pastor, nobody likes me. I go to every small group, and I sit there, and my, my arms are folded, and I just kind of gruffly look at everybody, and I'm waiting for somebody to say hi. Hello, you're reaping unkindness because you're sowing unkindness. You cannot fool God, it says, Galatians chapter 6, so don't make a fool of yourself. You will harvest what you plant. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, every seed reproduces after its own kind. You put an apple seed in the ground, it produces an apple tree, it produces more apples, you get, and then and it, it, orange seed in the ground produces an orange tree, it produces then oranges, you eat the oranges, you put more seeds, every seed reproduces after its own kind. You sow finances, you sow kindness, you sow generosity, whatever it is, it reproduces. Whatsoever man, whatsoever man say it, sows, that shall he also what? Say it? Reap. Whatever a woman sows, that shall they also what? Say it? You can change what you're reaping by changing what you're sowing. There's a power in generosity. Oh man, this gets fun in life. All right, let me jump back into it. I got four quick things to say about 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Here we go. Verse 10. Paul writes, now, may he who supplies seed to the sower, four things. I told you I was going to teach today. Four things Paul talks about. Seed to the sower, two, bread for food, supply and multiply the seed that's been sown, and four, increase the fruits of your righteous. Pastor, what happens when I go beyond the tithe and I'm a generous giver and I start blessing people and giving to missions and building water wells and helping out and do what actually happens? Paul the Apostle, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us exactly what happens. Number one, God says he provides seed for the sower. Question, are you a sower? Seed in the Bible, there's four different analogies connected to the word seed. Number one, agricultural seed. The Bible is written from an agricultural background. Number two, the Bible likens children to seed. I don't have time to get into it. Genesis chapter 26, the descendants being children. Number three, the Bible talks about, watch this, the word of God being a seed. But the Bible also talks about, watch this, I didn't call it this, the Bible calls money a seed. Paul calls it that. You're going to see this. That's what he calls it. He says, I provide seed to the sower. Question, are you a sower? Pastor, I just don't know what's going on in my life. Now, notice the very first thing that he says, seed for the sower. Everybody say seed for the sower. God provides seed for those that are willing to sow, those that are willing to be generous, those that are willing to help out. Number two, the second thing he provides is bread for food. Bread for food. Paul says that God not only provides seed for the sower, but as you walk with God and honor him, he provides for your needs as well, for your family. We see in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Now, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that God does not put first bread for food? If he put bread for food first, we'd eat all of our seed. Did y'all see that? He actually puts the first thing that he puts is the purpose of seed, the purpose of resources in your life. Let me get real specific because Paul did by the Holy Spirit. The purpose of money in your life. Are you with me? As God's given you money to sow, number one. Number two, he's given you money Bread for food for your family and your table. Does that make sense? If he would have put bread for your family first versus sowing first, we'd have eaten all of our seed and that would have been our last meal. 
But he said, number one, everybody say seed for the sower. I didn't put it in this order. God put it in this order. Everything in the Bible is sequential. It's linear. Are you with me? It's a, there's a reason behind this. Number one, he said, seed for the sower. Number two, bread for God wants you to be blessed. God wants your family to bless. God has no problem with you having a nice home, a nice car. He doesn't want that home to own you, but he wants it to be a tool. But he, God has no problem. But he wants, number one, the priority in your soul to be, I want to glorify God. I want to be a sower. I want to be generous. And number two, he gives bread for my family. Number three, watch this. It gets even better. Number three, the power of the word of God produces faith in your heart. You begin to operate in different kingdom principles. Here it is, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Everybody say, seed to the sower. Number two, everybody say, bread for food. That's your personal needs being met. Now, number three, watch this. Supply and multiply the seed that you've sown. Wow. Number three is multiplied seed. I want everybody to hear me. All of our campuses is a very important point. The first time Paul uses the word seed in this passage, it's the Greek word sperma. And that means this is, there's life in the seed. However, the seed that God multiplies is not sperma. It is actually sporan. It's the seed that's already been sown. In other words, God doesn't multiply your seed until it's sown. In other words, you've got to get it in the ground. The power of multiplication <laughs> is that God blesses the generous. When God gives us seed, we are called to sow it of our time, of our talent, and the treasure that he entrusts to us. Remember, we're stewards, not owners. And what happens is the more you sow it, the more it multiplies. And by the way, this is all relative. Remember, prosperity is wherever you are, God increases. If you're in Africa and you're walking and you get a bike, that's prosperity. We don't compare with one another. Are you with me? We, we don't compare with one another. It's wherever you are, God wants you to move forward. By the way, three aspects of seed time and harvest. Number one, you only reap what you sow. Number two, you only reap after you sow. Number three, you only reap more than you sow. If you don't like the harvest you're experiencing in life, change what you're putting in the ground. Pastor, I need friends. Change what you're putting in the ground. Change it, change it, change it. God's kingdom operates through sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. When a Christian gets a hold of this, they begin to understand that God's blessed them for a purpose. I want everybody to hear me. God's prospered you, sir. Ma'am, God's prospered you for a purpose. Yes, he wants you personally blessed, but that's actually number two. That's what the Bible says. He wants you to become a generous soul, seed to sow. Let me tell you, business people, when you catch this, entrepreneurs, listen to me, your whole life begins to be reordered. Where it's, it's, you see yourself as somebody who's a kingdom generates, a kingdom entrepreneur to generate resources for impact for God. Oh man, things begin to change. You become what the Bible says, a hilarious giver, cheerful giver. Remember Paul talks about to be a cheerful giver. You experience emotions that you, you never knew that were actually in there. You know when you buy somebody's meal at a restaurant and God speaks to you and says, bless them. You, you know what happens on the inside. You, what are you doing? You're tapping into something that God created you to be and do. You're acting like God. Oh, man. Number four, I'll close with this. Everybody say, number one, everybody say, seed for the sower. Come on, louder. Seed for the sower. Say, bread for food. Multiplied seed. 
He only multiplies what you put in the ground. Watch the last one. What's the whole point? What's the whole point? It's going to bring it full circle to increase the fruits of his righteousness. Increase the fruits, your righteousness. God not only meets our needs, God not only gives us seed to sow, but the ultimate goal of being generous is not generosity. The ultimate goal of generosity is to become more like God. Remember, for God so loved the world that he would say it. And there's no other activity that reflects the nature of God. Like God is love. The nature of love is giving. Selfishness withholds. Love gives. Love has open hands and open hearts. And I want to say this. It is an honor to be the pastor of this church. You guys are so generous. This church is so generous. That's why when pastors call us and there's crisis and there's a hurricane, whatever, even when we're impacted, we've been able to rise up as a church. Why? Because you guys get it. You get it's more blessed to what? Say it give than to receive. Because if you give, ultimately you will receive. We, by the way, by the way, we don't believe at Church King we give to get. We believe that you give to bless, but when you bless, you do receive. It's a motive issue. I'd give if I never got any blessing, but if you put seed in the ground, you will receive. You will receive. And you guys are a generous church. And I believe that 2021 is going to be such a powerful opportunity for us to continue to plant churches around the world, continue to feed the poor, continue to help people, because you guys are a generous people. I'm going to ask everybody to stand at all of our campuses. I hope your faith is built today. I hope those four things, seed for the sower, bread for food, multiplied seed. Why, pastor? Why? Why? So that God can increase his righteousness in my life. I can grow in Christ's likeness. I can act like God. Let me pray a blessing over you. By the way, our altar is open. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now if you need prayer. If you do not know Christ, we'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I'll finish up my series next week. We've got another one coming. Man, I, got, I, don't want to, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell them what my series is. I'm going to be doing, I think, four to six weeks, starting is it not, the week after next, a whole series on worry. There's so much worry. Winning over worry. Pray for me. I'm putting it together right now. The power of a calm mind and a calm soul and God, a confident soul. But our altar's open for anybody that needs prayer. Father, bless your people. Lord, teach us. Continue to teach us, Lord. We, 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 we want to grow in our generosity. Lord, we want to be a people to maximize the power of offerings, to giving to missions and giving to the poor and strategic projects around the world, locally and around the world. God, I bless your people. This is a generous people, a generous church. But God, we want to grow. I pray the favor of God over every man, woman, boy, and girl. I claim the promise in Psalms 5:12. May the favor of God surround your life this day like a shield. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... I mean, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Can we do that? We love you guys. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. What another incredible message. You know, Missy, it really was. And you know what I love? It's how each week we get to come together as a family, worship, be challenged, be encouraged with a great message that can really help us take us in to the week. That's right. And if you're new here, we'd love to know so you can join us at our next steps. So please text CONNECT to 822-822 for more information. And if you're not new, we'd still love to hear from you. So take a moment and you can email us online at churchoftheking.com. Or if you need anything else, just give us a call, 985-727-7017. We're here for you. We want to be able to pray with you and help you on your journey. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week at Church Online.